What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Docking Bay 3.5. Um, I'm your host, Vinny. And I am the robot that just stole your baby, Sharon. And introducing for the first time, uh, hopefully not the last, our best friend, my brother, Jim. Yo, how's it going, guys? Good to, good to see you in the flash. Holy smokes, this is awesome. Yeah, I I love that we were able to increment video into this podcast so I could see your beautiful face. I missed your beard. Thank the you, beard is you, back. There was a moment of time. I've had to shave. <laughs> right. I've had to shave some of it so I can get it in the mask. It's having a beard and a mask can be pretty pretty funky. So Right, right. Uh, you got to shave yeah. it into the shape of a mask almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was able to see Vic... Um, Harry Galarvik from uh, he's the Alarad and he brought us the new shirts that just came in, and uh oh wow yeah it was really nice to catch up with him a little bit and um I told him uh, I joked around that under this mask is a baby beard, <laughs> it's coming back slowly <laughs> mine too I I shaved for a hot minute for charity, um yeah but anyways Jim I'd like to uh introduce and hopefully get your story out there into the world. Because you're kind of an amazing person. I'm not sure if oh, you're aware wow. of that. Holy <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope you don't mind, but like, Jim, do you do you remember how we met? It was around this I time. I first met you. Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful story. I think I met you the very first time I ever met you. It was at the Modesto Holiday Lights Parade. And um, me and my wife had parked. And we were right in the area where we were supposed to uh, meet up with the the rest of the uh, clan. And, um, yeah, you kind of walked up slowly and kind of had the same look I had. And, and we struck <laughs> up a conversation. And holy shit, I didn't know I'd have a new best friend in this, in this uh, um, um, you know. I, I can't say you look semi-homeless. I mean, we had that same look. So right, it, was a, it was a good look. Long hair, <laughs> tattered shirt. Confused look Beard, on the face. scruffy looking. Carrying everything yeah, I, I have in a box. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the box, and I was like, hey, this guy looks like he's a Star Wars guy. And sure enough, awesome. I was lucky enough to meet you that day. <laughs> I think after that, we had some burgers. It was a holiday light parade, and yeah, I had a good time. I think we did it a few times. It was like our annual troop. Kind of, I'm going to miss oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's always <sighs> a great troop. Definitely. I know, I know. Well, but hopefully it'll come back nice and strong, and I'm sure it will. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, well, uh, my favorite story, Jim, is that one time we were at uh, Santa Rosa Comic Con, and you asked me to take a picture, and my dumb ass forgot to like just like hold down the button. But like since okay. then, I've become a great <laughs> photographer. Just that that was. Are we talking about the infamous? Um, uh... Lando Calrissian picture that I have. Oh yeah, Billy D. Williams. I I really <laughs> yeah. it was my one like my one time to shine. Like oh, I'm really good at taking pictures, but like yeah. that was just yeah. like not that day. Not that was not my finest hour. Um, yeah, I remember you showing me the or like being super excited to like check it because we had just trooped for like maybe twelve plus hours right. that day, and we had right. gotten and back we into tired. the car. We were we were sleepy, but you got oh. into the car, checked your phone, and it was like, Vinny, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Billy's and, and gone. For, and for right, right, <laughs> everyone's gone. <laughs> and we were kind of like we were we were well past being the last people like they were literally packing up and going and I walked by and I was like is it possible right. and so everybody looked semi irritated the only one that didn't look <laughs> we're talking about his handlers right. the only one that didn't look irritated was Billy D Williams himself <laughs> and so um his handler just grabbed any photo he's like he literally said you're just going to get the one I give you and I was like Okay, I guess that's fine. <laughs> if you say and, so. <laughs> and he pulls it out, he signs it, and I look over at Benny, and my buddy takes one shot. And I'm sure I was, in my mind, he's like, you know, just hitting the hitting the button multiple times. Yeah, I and, thought it was the money and, shot. <laughs> and, and later on, I look at the photo, and it's like, it's super blurry of me. And then there's definitely a person there, but 
but you can't make him out. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, he could literally be anybody that on the street. I mean, I have no way to, to prove that that was Billy Keith. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know what came over me that day, but I'm glad, like, uh, you know, we're still friends at the right. end of the day. <laughs> you have the, well, you you know, have the, the memory of the signed picture. You're, yeah, and that's what makes that photo so amazing is if it was just a, like if you had taken a really clear, awesome picture, it would just be in the archives and I would, you know, I would see it, you know, who knows uh, how many years from now. But but because the picture came out the way it did, we just have an amazing, we have an amazing like bar story we could just tell and blame each other and bad, no, bad he Billy moved D. and Jim moved and yeah, right. So it. it it turned out to be way more interesting and funny uh, the way it happened. So that's awesome. Well, I'm just glad after all these years you decided to, you know, still call me brother. <laughs> Even though. Oh, of course, brother. I couldn't have. I couldn't have done anything. I couldn't have done anything, anything, anything without you. So, oh, buddy. The, the feeling's mutual. Well, I appreciate it. I just have a. I have another question for you. What? Why Boba Fett? What, what was Boba Fett? what oh. drew you into loving Boba Fett? Like he, I uh, just all your stories. Like how he, how did he become your dude? Right. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's so many. Um, um, I remember going into. Uh, well, my parents were they, they were interested to go to. They really wanted me to get ready so I can go to Mervin's, and I didn't really understand nice. why. Mervin's is a store that's long gone by now. I think it's the Coles. But but basically, they wanted me to get ready to, so we can go to Mervyn's. And as a boy, I'm just kind of like, why are we going to Mervyn's? I think I was like <laughs> seven or something. And we get to the Mervyn's, and and the parking lot is kind of packed. And there is a there's a helicopter landing. And I'm kind of like, as a boy, I mean, I say helicopter is super cool. That's awesome. Hell but yeah. the amazing thing was, is they were doing promotion, I believe, for Empire Strikes Back. But... Anyways, out comes Darth Vader. He steps out of the helicopter. And I'm just like, as a boy, as a little boy, I'm just like, or any fan at that age, I'm just like, oh, I call this Darth Vader stuff. <laughs> right. So, so long story short, I can't even tell you. I know there was a signing. I know I may have had that signature, you know, that, that one Darth Vader pose, uh, iconic pose. And uh, all I remember is coming out with two action figures, and I had a Darth Vader, and I had a Boba Fett. I didn't really uh, know who Boba Fett was, but I just thought, oh, my God, he looks so cool. I'm not even sure what he – he clearly has a jetpack of right. some kind or a rocket. But uh, I just remember it being such an amazing-looking um, toy, and, and then all of the mystery and intrigue uh, wrapped around him and his character, and he, and he says and does so so little – in the movie, but it's just uh, has such an impact on on fans, and yeah, and, uh, yeah just he's, love it. He's just so intimidating, and uh, looks up the Vader, <laughs> and it's just like I love right. you, and then Vader's like I love you too. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well I, I don't remember it quite like that. I just remember <laughs> um, we have a different um, take on that. <laughs> That's a yeah. That. The, the, that in, cloud city, my, the air is just the altitude gets to you, you know? <laughs> yeah, so those two moments where he's side by side with Vader, like you have all the stormtroopers and all the officers and everything, but you have this one guy that is right next to Vader, and so you know that he must be or have some level of badassery because, dude, how else would he be right next to him? So, uh, yeah, just a just a really interesting and and uh, it just grabs the imagination for for a young kid and, and I think for most people um, so yeah just a, always one of my favorites um, um, I kind of always cringed on how easily he died and perished in Everybody, theory you know yeah. we thought at the time yeah um, and it was always a sore subject with me like a you know, I love George Lucas, but you know, why did they kill him so fast? And and I know he even laughed about it years later. But right, for years, uh -huh. he wouldn't give us a clear answer, and he just like, who died? And if you don't like it, you could, uh, right. kiss my big fat ass. What? 
So. All right. Yeah. And that's, you know what, and when you, when you write a franchise and you're the, you know, creator of it, I guess you can do that. Uh, right. uh, that's why we have a, me and George, George doesn't know me, but we have a love hate relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad you, you know, touched on the, the imagination part of it because like, you never like he was the beginning. Like we wouldn't have a show called The Mandalorian if it wasn't for Boba Fett. So, thankfully, right. like at the end of the day, they turned it around and he's back. Like, right. Uh, speaking right. of imagination and like projects, and uh, we know you're a costumer. We just wanted to check in and see how your pre pro is going because uh, you have you well, well, out of all the Bobas, you chose right. the most difficult one to put together. Yeah, that was many, many years ago. I think both you and Sharon kind of know the story, but um, I'm a bit obsessive compulsive and, and the things that make me happy are like finding rare and, and um, um, unique parts and pieces of found. They're called found parts that actually were used to create uh, some of the prototype uh, suits. And, and I have a pretty decent collection of, of, of parts and pieces that were used on the other suits as well. Um, I collect those just for fun. It's, it's my thing. But the pre-pro, um, I had never seen anybody attempt that costume uh, based on how, how hard it is to find those parts and pieces. Right. And, um, um, yeah, and I went down that road, and, and it, it's technically done, um, but the only way I see it uh, or the only time I've ever seen it put together is I have I have a, a niece that has a husband and he's the right build very similar to 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 um, right. you know, the he's guys like a, that were able to put it on big buff fireman right no no this is just the opposite that's actually my 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 somebody that tried on Cyper for me when I was building Cyper oh. but um, no Boba for the pre pro I got a guy a model that's about a hundred and thirty five pounds. Uh, he does MMA, and he's like, and he's just a perfect build to put all this on. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not uh, uh, gonna fit in that suit, but I just wanted it to be accurate. I, I didn't really care if I could never put it on. So, um, great project, but that that took me that build took me about um, almost eight years to to, to complete. Oh my gosh! And uh, uh, from so. the pictures that I've seen, it's beautiful, and the parts that I've seen in person, like I'm still blown away that you're able to like put it all together with nothing but found parts like that is the classic way of prop making that is being lost now with like this new 3d print age right yeah and you know that was really difficult for many many years i think one one little tiny gadget piece was a a dental fitting it was a brass dental fitting um and no, you know, it, finding those were like literally winning the lottery. And I have this post on the dented helmet called the uh, um, Christmas Miracle. And I was actually <laughs> at my, I was at my in-laws house and I was bored out of my mind on Christmas day. Like, you know, most people go to their in-laws and, and, you know, you've had all the cookies and, and all the, the treats and everything. And I was just uh, thumbing through my phone on eBay um, and oddly enough, I was searching for old dental parts and pieces, and, and it's really, really boring. It's really uh, tedious. Um, and I just this one picture, I saw something that looked very similar to it in the corner. Oh I zoomed in on it, and lo and behold, it was it in a in a lot of dental pieces. So nice. um, I'm one of the only people that I know um, that actually have that owns one. So. Uh, really, really neat and and fun, um, uh, you know, pastime. <laughs> I definitely love that you were like, you're so obsessive and like you. That just been that just drove you to like complete this project. Meanwhile, I'm here in this 3D print age and I'm struggling to get like a few pieces on a Previsla done. Like, <laughs> I really like you. You you've been a huge inspiration to me over the years. So like, I really got to pull my head out of my butt and really get this Previsla done. Get it shipped out. But, but you're also you're now drawing and 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 creating some of these things on your own, right? Using what Fusion or? Yeah, I'm using Fusion 360 to like model my right. own things. But uh, I don't know. That's just it. Did, I don't want to say that it takes the fun out of it. Like with like having to like really search for parts and pieces. But it's 
it it's easier but it's less fulfilling you know like right after all those years like and you have it done like you had that like fulfilling moment of like it's done to the point where people have asked you to borrow the whole costume and that's just amazing right, <laughs> right. yeah like, no those, those great experiences uh but i mean also you know what i did with like building something you utilizing all found parts i wouldn't um i wouldn't uh, suggest that anybody does that i mean i mean i think part of that part of the enjoyment is because i'm obsessive compulsive and it becomes a like like hobby um of mine um, um and it just i zero in on it and all of those tendencies that i have it just uh it, it makes me smile and I, I get really excited uh, organizing and searching for stuff like that. But I wouldn't suggest that anybody do, do, does that. There's just no way it'll, you'll go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all lose our marbles as costumers. Like that's how you truly become uh, official. You got to lose your marbles. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Anyways, yep, I think we've, uh, I think we had a nice little interview there, Jim. Let's, uh, let's get into the episode. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh, that no. was, uh, I appreciate those questions. Ain't no problem. I don't I get those very often. Being here, bro. I, mean, I, I love that you're here because not enough people know how cool you are. Like, oh come on. <laughs> like, I think have, like five have, people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or I don't know, like uh, about fifty-two people. I would say up north know how cool you are. <laughs> Well, of course, I appreciate that. But I mean, uh, just, I don't know. I think the three of us understand like how, how satisfying it is to help other people. But, but, you know, more importantly than helping other people, like the learning from people, like the constant learning new techniques and just ways of doing things from people, that's, that's a big draw for me too. Um, Because I'm always convinced that, no matter how experienced you are, you can learn from anybody. And, and even if they have no experience, they could just uh, create a, you know, a solution to a problem that you've had forever. Uh, and it's just, um, so it's an amazing process and, and I just love it. So. Definitely. Well, I'm going to play a little bit of music and then we'll get into the episode. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> The Mandalorian, Chapter 14, The Tragedy. I don't know about you, Jim, but... And, or Sharon. Sharon. Hey, Sharon, how are you doing? Hey. I have no idea how Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni do it, but I, I have found myself just thinking to myself, it can't get any better than this. But somehow, they do it. They just make it better and better every episode. And I, I love the fact that they're doing the same thing they did last time where um, we're getting callbacks and characters. But Boba Fett's back. He's alive. Um, it's funny. I had called you, Jim, the day it happened because I couldn't contain myself. I, I was like, I, I, need, I need another Boba Fett fan to get in here and just like help me... Uh, calm down and i appreciate that you were that person well what was it like watching that together um and just like do you in turn like do you guys geek out instantly or do you are you guys silent watching it silently and not allowed to speak just internalize it how do you guys do that well i cheat a little where i i stay up till 12 in the morning to watch the episode (laughs) And then, but I'm also like trying to be quiet, but like there are times where Sharon like wake up, like I, I could tell I woke her up a little bit. And then I get the way, shh. <laughs> are you tapping her on the shoulder? Yeah. Are you yeah. tapping her on the shoulder going, Sharon, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. And then she's do like, you do that or no? Then she rolls over and so he's like, I'll watch it tomorrow morning. <laughs> Is that what they say? I honestly have no recollection. Honestly, you're so out of it when I'm watching it. <laughs> So anything I say is just like, mm, different. Yeah. Mm. I think you, you sound like Baby Yoda when when I'm watching the episode. 
yeah, I, I think I said, like, wake me up if it's, like, Ahsoka or if it's, like, if it's Tamara Morrison or if it's uh, Holly Lee. But I don't think you've ever been able to successfully wake me up. I can't. Once once she's asleep, <laughs> she's asleep. So uh, we then we try and watch it again tomorrow mor- or the next day with your sister. And then that's where, like, I do geek out. Right. But by then you're asleep. And, and I've it's... watched it 12 times. By, by then you're asleep and it's 5 a.m. And... Right before I start work, I watch the episode quietly. Right, right. I stayed up until four to hey. four o'clock watching this episode, Jim. It comes out at twelve. I didn't go to sleep until four because I had watched <laughs> it that many times. It's a thirty-minute episode. You could squeeze a lot of uh, watch time into that. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I definitely oh, am geeking out. And uh, yeah, how, how about you, Jim? Like when you watch it with your family, are are you are you hooping and hawing? You know, when, when, okay, season one, I tried to like, hey, we have, I mean, The Mandalorian, we got our own series. Are you kidding me? I'm going to just watch and internalize everything. So I had the whole family, like quiet, (laughs) everything. And, and that lasted for about three episodes. And the person that was doing the most talking and, and, and couldn't keep his mouth closed was me. (laughs) <laughs> and and, yeah. and you end up like you end up like pointing out stuff that you see and my family were they were just looking at me like really you're breaking your own rules and I'm just like yeah I know that's stupid so <laughs> we never did that again and we just watch it for the first time all together and we're allowed to hoot and holler and just you know and sometimes we have to go back because there's dialogue and we're missing it because everyone's like, Oh my God, look at that in the <laughs> background. Explosion. And, oh my God. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so we do all of that and then they just file out and then I end up watching it again and I just like geek out, um, solamente and just, uh, just internalize it and eat it all up. Oh yeah. This, this was definitely <laughs> the dessert episode. Like, but it got a little sour at the end. Ah, I, we, I, I always knew just, it was going to be a plot point at some, like Gideon was going to catch up with these two, like eventually, like as soon as you read the tragedy pop up against that screen, you're just like, this is it. Like they're going to rip off the, the rug from right under their uh, their shoes. And Yeah, though, honestly, I'm, like, sort of um, surprised that it's actually happening so much sooner um, and that it's going in the direction that it is because, like, I I was thinking that this would be, like, a season two cliffhanger. Right, we have two more episodes still. Right, and it it might just turn around, especially if they have, like, this, like, superstar team of, like, Mulan, Boba Fett, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. yeah, it's going to be crazy. I hope he's bringing together the Star Wars Avengers or, like, Star Wars Suicide Squad, as people have been saying, like, other podcasts. That it sounds really cool, and uh, I don't think we've seen that in Star Wars other than, like, the box episode. Yeah, where there's, like, a bunch of different bounty hunters, Clone but Wars. also... Um, but it, but I, I think it's, like, kind of cool in the sense that, um, like, it, it seems like this weird tradition of, like, at the end of every season, we're just going to like have like a different mishmash team um and and the right. fact that like now mando sort of has like this whole list of people that we've learned from like season one to now um that he could just like randomly pick his dream team for whatever right. dire situation he has it's kind of it, I, just, I think it's kind of cool i just realized that oh, i'm gonna go right into it the, the episode the uh razor crest gets blown up at the end of this episode and all of the Mandalorian's possessions are gone, and there's two things that come to mind that are that make me sad about it. The pulse rifle is gone, but also the IT yeah. droid, the or the the droid with oh, the. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he's gone too. Oh, the translator. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the yeah? Oh shit! The I totally lady, didn't she use him? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. The translator droid is gone, uh, and that was like oh, Bill Burr's friend, you know. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I had the like, I just had that idea come pop into my head. I was like, oh no, I wonder if he's gonna be angry about that. 
his best friend robot is gone. I don't know. I was kind of hoping that droid would become the new IG-11, but I get, like, they don't want to, like, try and pull that twice at at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I I, I wish the pulse rifle would have, like, survived because, like, what is he going to, like, holster now on his shoulder? Like, he's got that clip that was, yeah, the clip was on the gun, and now, like, what is he going to clip onto his shoulder? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, his best car spear that uh, he doesn't have a pocket big enough for. Oh, I love that story where, uh, that you told me the other day, Jim, where it was, like, Hannah had mentioned that, like, you, you, where the hell is he going to put all this stuff when he's walking around? And, and I think, right. And I think we probably, the three of us, but also my kids picked up on that because they have their own suits and, you know, you can barely put your cell phone somewhere. You barely have, you know, you try to figure out where you're going to put your wallet and your keys. <laughs> and, and when she hands him, like, it, it's a great moment where she hands him, um, Ahsoka Tana hands him the Beskar spear and for like a second there, my my oldest Hannah, she's like, "Great, where is he gonna put that?" <laughs> He's got to make a letter. And satchel. It, was, it was right. It was funny because he just pauses, like, "Oh, great, now I got to carry this shit around too." <laughs> it, I love, I love that the Mandalorians. Oh, he's got to find a new garage now. Like, oh, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if like. Oh, Boba Fett's kind of like the art of the deal master, you know, where, like, he made this deal. He thought it was going to be easy, but he's honorable enough to follow it now where he's going to protect Baby Yoda or Grogu and get him back. But, like, how right. f- how far do you think that goes? Like, if Boba Fett has any extra armaments, do you think he'll help Din Djarin with that? Like, we always imagined... <laughs> Like Mandalorians just have a stockpile in their ships, so I wonder what. Right. I, I it'd be really cool to see the inside of the slave one. Yeah, but there's a lot of, and I think we will. I mean, uh, I think uh, there's some unknowns there. Like, like how long has he been healing? Um, obviously, he has all these scars that you can see across his face and stuff. So, you know, so how you know how long was he in the Scarlet? How long was he healing? Um, what, what kind of condition did he get slave one back in? Right. You know, that was probably a whole journey just to get slave one back. Yeah. What was he um, doing he for got five that, years? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I hope that in the next two, um, episodes, we see some kind of, you know, uh, inside spaces of slave one. I think that would be amazing. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, just, uh, like we, he was he threw on the armor over what he was currently wearing. So I'm curious to see if he's gonna have a jumpsuit, a more like right. like some kind of um, uh, you know tailored, more traditional boba look. Um, so yeah, a lot of lot of just unknowns. But I think Sharon hit it right on the head when she said, you know, uh, episode 14 alone. If that was the cliffhanger. We would have all been happy. We right. would have like our arms up <laughs> yeah. in the air. We would have been That's like, the Dude, Empire Strike Back awesome. episode. Yeah. Where right. it's like, oh, this uh, could have been it. Oh, but we have two more episodes. I don't know how long they're going to be. And it worries yeah. me because I don't want another like two 30 minute episodes. Like, I want, like, mm, give me, give me yeah. those, get, like, teach me something. Like, I want them to, like, blow me out of the water because that's all they've done so far this season. And I hope it doesn't end on a low note like that's the most important thing to me there's they got to give us some bit of hope and i think john favreau can do it like that was the one rule like george lucas said to filoni and filoni's done it really well so i'm hoping like john favreau does it really well like because baby grogu's gone and that's just ah, i this all could have been avoided if din jaren used some jedi like proverbs <laughs> if he studied a little bit of the cloth you know if he like it's tradition for a jedi master to stay with his apprentice while they're in this like stasis like we learned that back in the rebels so like i i don't expect in to know these things but it's like this all I mean, could have been avoided uh, to, to be fair he thought for a second that boba fett was a jedi all right that, like answered the phone call right. um 
And but all- maybe, yeah. No, no, I was just going to say, um, maybe you guys can answer this, but, but when there's a standoff there, it was like, you know, this Mexican standoff with the three of them. Um, what was the whole, like, like, I mean, I understand, hey, you put your gun down, I'll put my gun down, but he's like putting his gun, gun down. He says, okay, you take off your jetpack. It's like, what was the, like, that turned out to be huge later on <laughs> yeah. because he couldn't fly. He couldn't fly or he couldn't fly up the hill to save um, um, Grogu. Grogu. But at the same time, it's like, what was like, um, you know. Yeah, I had that same question, the, Jim. Honestly, can he like remote pack? control like, it? Like, uh, Pull down your pants or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was. Like, I, why am I giving you my jetpack? I don't understand. I mean, mobile high ground, you know. Like he, he he's faced uh, right. Obi-Wan one too many times. It's like. I can't let this person have the high ground. Because then maybe he can't I have the shoot. High maybe Ben, at that point, maybe he can't shoot uh, Finnick. Right. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a weird request. No, that is a super uh, weird request. But I, I get it because it levels out the playing ground. That's the best answer I could give toward to that. Like, it like truly right. levels out everybody. Like, they all have guns, but the Mandalorian had that elevation factor. That level of he can escape that, or he could jump in front of the bullet. I I don't know, like right. Uh, right. But anyways, yeah, I hear you. And then he never puts it back on. Like he's too much. Yeah, he's rushing too much. I guess like it's all plays into like that factor of like you just have to like put that away, like your disbelief and like maybe he just slipped that time. But like as a Mandalorian, right. I'm and- I'm gonna go in with all of my weapons to any planet all the time. Like, he should have had the pulse rifle on his shoulder. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, it's sad that it's gone, you know? That, like, history. Like, they don't make those anymore from, like, what I've gathered. Like, those were outlawed by the Empire. The pulse rifle? The pulse rifle. The disintegration part. But I wonder if, like, Boba Fett's going to be like, oh, pull, your pulse rifle got blown up. Here's a new one. Yeah, you know, well, this is this is a good point. Like, when he joins, he's basically um, going to be in Slave 1, so there's going to be some, hey, you might need this, you might need that. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, just the idea, like you said, in, in 30 minutes, we got Boba Fett, super cool fight scenes, Mandalorian kept trying to go into that force field for some reason and then finally figured it out at the end. <laughs> okay, I'll tried. protect you I'm, from I'm, out here. I'm so mad, though, because, like, honestly, if he just waited, like, five more seconds, Grogu would have taken a nap and he could have, like, RC jetpack and stuck the baby on the jetpack right. or something. Yeah. And instead, um, like, the moment that he decides he, like, finally gets it is the moment that Grogu's like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I'm take a nap. I, I, I'm just... But the emotions were just all over. The yeah. Most of the, the, it was like, a roller coaster. You know, you're, yeah. Here comes Slave One. You're super excited. Both fat. Oh, my God. And then Grogu's gone. The Razor Crest is gone. Oh, man. Just uh, I was in that 30 minutes action pack. But oh, Jaw ja was open the whole the time. Place. Dropped to the floor, in fact. Like, right. as soon as we see the bolt in the sky... You're just like, oh no! It's either the slave one or the razor crest, and then it's it just oh. it's gone. I'm I'm glad we have the slave one though. Like, I just wonder like what that this relationship with Din Djarin and then Boba Fett will look like. Is that like? Do you think like Boba Fett will be like Grandpop, uh, Boba for like Grogu now? Like after this deal yeah, is completed, maybe. or do you think right. it goes beyond maybe. that? I mean, you know, it would be it would be a nice tie-in where, you know, Boba had a lot of. I mean, I'm sorry, Jango Fett had a lot of, um, you know, teachings that he wanted to pass on to his son. Um, maybe the Mandalorian Din Djarin can be that for an aging Boba Fett. I mean, right. you know, to pass on a lot of traditions to him, a lot of you know techniques and and different skill sets, along with possibly. The slave one. Ooh. I mean, I'm just saying that would be pretty incredible if he ended up with the slave one when all this was said and done. 
Yeah. That would uh, be crazy. Though, um, uh, sort of, I, I don't uh, mean to interrupt, but I, uh, I'm kind of curious about, like, how you feel about, like, um, the differences in, like, the cultures for both Din, Boba, and Bo, because, like, um, like, it's weird or kind of interesting to me that, like, first you have Din Djarin who, like, he doesn't take his helmet off and I guess his whole clan is about, like, saving babies or something. Um, and then and then you have Bo who basically tells him that he's crazy um, because he doesn't want to take his helmet off and that his his clan, listen like, here, saves kid. Listen here, kid. Yeah, right. And then, um, but then for, for him to, like, sort of, like, come to terms with that and then like meet Boba Fett who doesn't follow his same creed because you know he does sort of whatever he wants he doesn't really follow um any particular like clan I swear same... my loyalty to no one right and then but also that he right. he takes his helmet on and off whatever as he pleases and like the the fact that Din like accepts that and is willing to like give his best car back to him um, like I wonder if it's like a shift in like his perspective or a shift in in his uh, in in Din's personal belief. In oh, totally. What like it means to his, be his programming. If you're like looking at it in a culty way, would be like super compromised now that you've met like the future Mandalore, and then like a Mandalorian whose father fought in the Mandalorian Civil War, on top of like. I guess he's his clone right. daddy. Like, also getting... Uh, I'm not sure if you knew this yet, Jim, but, like, in the Boba Fett's gauntlet, they it says Jast. Like, trainer Jast. Yeah. Oh, my right. God! Jast like, there's so much story right. there, and, like, this is... It just opens up... Like, this episode <clears throat> just opens up so much. And, um... Yeah, that's well, Jaster Morell was—I I believe Jaster Morell was uh, Django's uh, like trainer right. or you know mentor. Uh, Saved so him, the, his foundling founder person. Yeah, I, but with Bo being, you know, hey, helmets are cool. You know, I mean, I mean, look, you know, when she basically explains to him, look, yeah, I grew up on Mandalore, so chill out, bro. And then <laughs> now he meets uh, Boba Fett, who's like. Obviously, this is the first time he's had his armor back, but he rarely ever uh, and just didn't want anyone to see um, his true identity. So right. will he revert back to that, or are we going to see Pedro Pascal with his helmet off right. at some point? Right. I, I, I don't know. The way I see it, Boba Fett, at pre-Return pre, pre, um, Re of the Jedi Boba Fett, was all about his rep reputation, you know, like on top of right. on top of being a great deal maker, on top of being a great bounty hunter. Like he hit the jobs he took. If it made him representation, like and put his name out there in the galaxy more, he would do it. But like now, like he has this funny line after blowing up two ships and looking like a total badass of like. <laughs> I was aiming for the other one. <laughs> and yeah. It's just like, that is so beautiful because like, that is something like my dad would say, like if he was a world-class bounty hunter, you know, <laughs> I think, um, I mean, like, I think it's interesting. Like, I, I, like, I feel like in general, the, the personality of Boba Fett, I think like just in the movies, you, you can't really get that much from it because he just isn't in it that much. But, um, it's, I feel like the last time we've seen, um, Boba Fett and, and had an idea of his personality when, when he was a kid in the Clone Wars, right. um, which was so bratty and emotional that like, <laughs> and like, and I feel yeah. like, um, maybe I, I wrongly assumed that he was always this edgelord, um. Oh my god! I and, mean, no, but I but, mean, but, Jim, like, you would know a lot more about how his personality was. Like, do you, do you, yeah. do you, do you ever see him saying stuff like that? <laughs> I'm like, what specifically? Like, I don't uh, know. Being but, silly, like that's a joke from 
a bounty hunter. No, you know? I actually, you know, when he said that, oh, I was aiming for the other one, I actually, it kind of made me, it was almost like a line Jack Sparrow would say. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Uh, and that to me, that to me That's wasn't good. like a Boba Fett. I mean, one, it, like, um, it's interesting because um, we had mentioned this before, but when he first comes over the hill and onto the scene and Dinjar and asks him, are you a Jedi? It not saying who he was and not having to, like, I don't have to tell you who I am. Right. And he doesn't uh, explain who he is. Um, that's Boba Fett, 1,000%. At the very end, when he missed his intended target and it worked out well, him admitting that was probably out of character for him. But, I mean, in, in their defense, Maybe he's just older and, and not as uptight as he was early on in his career when he was trying to make that reputation for himself. But yeah, Boba Fett of old would have never admitted that. <laughs> that you know, oh, I, I meant to do that hole in one all along. No, he would have. Um, um, yeah, he would have never admitted that he hit the wrong ship, and and uh, so I found that it to be entertaining. Yeah, but like I, I guess more. Um, I'm I'm curious, like how you. have how you would compare like in general his personality because he seems a lot more honor bound um than like how he was in the clone wars like he seems to be really adamant about sticking to the code um and and he also seems like uh like Vinny keeps on mentioning that like this is like his redemption arc kind of thing and he does have this vibe of like seeing himself as like um like he like describes himself as wretched in a line, doesn't he? Yeah, right. Well, this could be also, um, if you think about it, this could be acquired um, like appreciation because obviously we know that Boba Fett's childhood was pretty fucked up. I mean, pretty, yeah. you know, and he's an only child. He's he, all these other, you know, aliens are raising him that, uh, um, um, you know, and Dad's off doing his own thing, and then. Even when Django is dead and he starts to get trained um, uh, by Count Dooku, it's it's. I mean, it's not like he he was never really allowed to be a kid and just be a child um, uh, because of all of his potential. But I really feel like it's possible after coming out or being rescued or I don't know how he got out of the Scarlet Pit and 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 I believe it was one of the bounty hunters. Um, uh, it's not Boss Susi. Who's the guy with all the wrappings? Yeah, there's a story that he helped Forlo? rescue him, but uh, not yeah, Zuckus? Zuckus? No. no, the guy with the, I forget the armor and it's copper. Dengar? Dengar! Dengar! Yeah. There you go. Okay, so there is a story where Dengar helps rescue, or not rescue him, but brings him back, uh, or, or oh, you know, um, mends him back to health or whatever, but. Yeah, maybe maybe he's looking at things differently and feels uh, appreciation towards the people that nursed him back to health. So this newfound honor and hey, I'm going to help you because I I you know gave you my word and all that stuff. That's not completely out of character for Boba Fett, but I think it might have to do with his appreciation and and uh, wanting to help. Uh, and yeah, that could be that could be part of it. I really I I love that explanation because it like it both is in character and is in a part of his new character that he's becoming, you know? Like maybe he that he saw that like him being rescued may, maybe Jawas saved him. I I don't know how he got out of there, but uh it's rumored that the explosion from Jawas barge just like landed right on the Sarlacc and it like just killed it so he's like able to wiggle out. As like that's that's right. how it's been explained to me, but I I don't know if that's real or not. Um, but yeah, I just love this new honored bound boba because it just feels like granddaddy. Like he's 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 thick in that armor, and uh, like I don't know, it, it just seems like he's uh lived a hard five years on tattooing, and uh, I'm glad I, it just brings me to that line that he says where it's like sometimes fate steps in to save the wretched. And like, there you go. Beautiful. He's, he's there. He was wicked and wretched and like he worked for the empire, but I don't think he'll do that again. Like to move on to like the next scenes, but where he's like looking at an Imperial starship 
after shooting like 50 or so stormtroopers yeah. and like they're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're back. I, I think like Blue Harvest mentioned this, but like how, why why doesn't he not notice until like after he's like murdered a bunch of stormtroopers that he's like, this wait, is, the Empire's is a, back. This isn't a spice dream. <laughs> how, been, how much spice has he been doing? Yeah, has he been? <laughs> right. Are you okay, Boba? Is he a drug addict? Like how many dropships <laughs> does how many Right. How many dropships does he need to see in order for him to believe that, yeah, they came from somewhere? Right. Obviously. <laughs> I, I love it, though. Like, I guess he wouldn't have known the Empire was around. So him just being like, oh, Stormtrooper's right. easy, whatever. But um, I don't know. His this before he even got the armor on was really cool. Oh, yeah. And he, he's, he made the gaffy stick look like the coolest thing oh yeah he was stabbing left and right i i looked it up apparently the gaffy stick is based off of some weapon from fiji i don't know it's it it was really cool that, right they uh, use a they use a knot they use a knot in the tree like when the tree and the branches go off they take that knot and they 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 use the rest of it um that's pretty pretty uh a vicious uh weapon. um yeah that, it's a uh, yeah, they call it pineapple head or something. I can't remember what it is, it's formerly called, but it's really cool. That is that, that because your head looks like pineapple after they beat the <laughs> Yeah, the blood makes the leaves. Uh, yeah, but it's so satisfying watching um, him or the armor like crush stormtroopers so hard that their helmets are just totally broken. Oh, right. So good. And there was kind of an Anakin feel there. That was kind of a Anakin killing killing uh, sand people kind oh of viciousness yeah. there. Like in his just his actions and like the way he stabbed I people. I almost felt bad for that. Smashing them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one of our stormtrooper there, friends was like, "We got our ass kicked." Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because like there's a commander down there. He's just like, "Good up there," and, like. Shoot him, you idiot! Right. <laughs> and then he instantly gets shot, and then he looks behind and is like, "Keep moving." Yeah, I still feel yeah. I, I feel bad for that one who was like on the Gatling gun and was thinking that he could somehow shoot like an entire boulder. I could, I could split it. Well, if it would have split in half and just missed him, that's that's what he was thinking. It's gonna split yes. in half, and it misses entirely. <laughs> of course, it didn't happen, but that would have been epic. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, that that whole action sequence was really well done. I'm I think I had told you last time we spoke, but this episode was directed by Robert Rod uh Rodriguez. He's the same guy who did the Spy Kids movies. And um I saw a lot of like the use of gadgets of being like Robert Rodriguez being like, Ah oh, yes, I know how to use gadgets real good. But he's also like he does like B movies. I think he did Death Race. The, Ooh, whatever. I, I didn't know that. Um, and With he also, Jason Staten. No, 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 no. Uh, the it, it was like a something that came with T Quentin Tarantino, where a woman had like a machine gun for a leg. Oh my gosh! You remember? Oh, once the, upon a time in Mexico. Yeah. One, no. Well, that not that, but yes, he also directed Once Upon a Time in Men Mexico, and I think. Machete? Machete, too. Yeah, and apparently Spy Kids and Machete is in the same universe. And I, that's yeah. just... We should have Danny Trejo be in Star Wars, and this would have been the episode to do it. Well, I mean... I think we missed our opportunity. No, no, no. There's still, there's still time. I mean, there's two more episodes <laughs> in the season alone. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also... Uh, I, I like his style, though, because it, it feels like they literally just were like, let's just get a crew in downtown L.A., Right out in the yeah, let's drive out to the hills. Yeah, like, it, yeah, it like it looks, and I know that some people even said that it almost looked uh, student, not student filmy, but independent filmy. Yeah, like a fan film. This is this a Star Wars fan film? Um, yeah, and it, like anything, I think like it kind of has to do with like this setting and uh, the gratuitous action. But I, but I really like that like kind of visceral like. Right, just the lighting looks so natural, and I wouldn't want it any other way for, like, Tython, especially. Like, the beauty of Tython has just been, it's just a new, it's a planet we never 
we have only heard of and seen pictures of, but to see it in real life, it was really cool because it seems like that would be like the closest to like Earth where you have this a rotation of seasons. Like right. uh, that's really cool that we got the green, but also like the desert look of like L.A., I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to go back to the beginning because the opening scene where uh, basically we have Din Djarin being Papa, Ma- like Ma- uh, Man Daddy, if you will. And like that scene is just so much more important now because the ship gets blown up. And uh, I don't know, like it just it just yeah. hurts because like he's just dad playing catch with his son right there and everything's fine. <laughs> um, right, space cat. Yeah, and even down to like him explaining that the nice lady Ahsoka is just trying to help out. Like it's just that's just Mandalorian man dad. That was just, awesome. His, I just hope that by the end of this series, like it's either confirmed that like Grogu and Din Djarin, they just go off and do their own thing, or like Baby Yoda goes with his own people. Like there's those are the two happiest things I could think of that this could end on, but. Uh, it's uh, I don't know if we'll get a happy ending, but I hope so. I don't well, know. I mean, like I think. Yeah, those were some great moments there at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I I think I it was think somber, it's so tender. somber and tender. No, no, because like I love um, I I just love like how uh, um, Din just like says his name and gets like, right. and just like laughs when he like turns his head, <laughs> like when he called Bruno, Bruno. <laughs> It's like right. it's, it's almost like <laughs> well, you like learned like a trick for your dog, but at the same time, like it, it's kind of sweet because I think um, he he also like comes from a place where he just feels like um, like I I feel like he could really empathize with Grogu, and I think it might be more obvious to him like how they're similar because like um, mm, Ahsoka was really right. able to outline like what happened to him at the temple and that he went through this like really oh. traumatizing experience. That's not too dissimilar from his own experiences as a child in the Clone Wars, as well. Oh, right? symmetry! Well, that's, see, this is right. This is what I love about Terrence. He captures a lot of these deep, deep moments that we we just we just um, walk right past, and that connection that he has, and just in, in playing space cat, and he's cracking up because. Hey Grogu and Grogu's like, huh? <laughs> and, and just those little moments are really, really cute. But but going all the way back to the first couple of episodes where you figure like, okay, I know that he's like not a bad dude, and he just wants to, um, um, you know, uh, maybe he wants to save this kid. But it's so much deeper than that. He sees, you know, himself. And hey, I was displaced when I was a kid, and here's this kid all by himself and and that was really the draw maybe that was the draw all along hey you know i want to help him uh so that's that's pretty neat yeah sharon's pretty neat i'm gonna marry that person (laughs) (laughs) what um i like how we uh going now all the way back to the end of the episode i like that that badge that appa had given um cara dune is officially like the um New Republic Marshal badge, which is really cool that somebody's doing a run of those already. But uh, yeah, I really want one. Uh, just three D print yourself people, one. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. model it. Yeah, and then John Carlo Esposito, Moff Gideon is so evil and so good at being a <laughs> villain. Um, like he was probably like he. I'm not sure if he's force sensitive or if he just has cameras in Grogu's room, but like the fact that he knew that Grogu using the force will eventually just tire him out and then like knowing his limit almost and then like toying with Grogu mm. and f- putting the lightsaber basically in yeah. his face, but then like baby Grogu not being strong enough to like grab it, but like oh, if you pay attention, like he the, the lightsaber gets a little close, but like he's just toying with Grogu right there in that scene. It's oh, that's so sad. Oh, it's so sad. But at the end of the day, I still printed out tiny Imperial binders and threw them on our yeah, baby Grogu. This? <laughs> that was cool. Uh, those are those <laughs> baby torture devices. It's not. That's horrible. I'm um. sorry. I did it for the lols. Um, 
Yeah, I, right. it just it makes me sad <laughs> thinking of like in the Star Wars universe, like they only needed this to control like small younglings, probably. Yeah, they probably yeah they probably had this kind of stuff like right after Order sixty six because you know like they do the experiments for the Inquisitors, um, and then I mean Palpatine was already dead at stealing kids in the middle of the night, you right. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. even before in the Clone Wars. Um, but sort of like... So apparently binders come in, in three different sizes, small, medium, and large. <laughs> right, right. Wookiee size, human size, and then baby Yoda size. That's, that's tragic. <laughs> that's awful. Um, I, yeah, I, but sort of walking back into what you were implying, I don't necessarily think that Giancarlo Esposito is uh, Force-sensitive. I think more he just has a ton of experience with, I think in particular, baby Yoda already, because it's implied that... They've taken like samples before. They already knew the Empire already knew where he was, um, right. and I think if anything, it has more to do with the fact that um, that that like he already knows and has already had this like song and dance with Baby Yoda and similar beings like him in the past um, for for whatever these experiments are. Which um, and but. I, I also think that it's kind of interesting that, like, the force choking that Baby Yoda did um, back in season one to Cara Dune, like, kind of makes a little bit more sense seeing how right. he defends himself, like, here. Um, like, I'm, I'm curious, like, how, what Baby Yoda's life was like before he met Din Djarin, because um, now when we see him use the force, he's just getting, like, cookies. Um, right. But, but, like, I wonder <laughs> if, like... Uh, the only times that he really used the force back, like before when when he was like constantly fighting against the or you know, uh, like fighting against like being used as essentially like a blood sack for lab experiments, like if he used the force like that all the time, um, to just be the only line of defense. I don't think it was like that because Moff Gideon straight up says like, "Oh, you've gotten good at that or better at that." Mm. So I think like. It might have been like that to an extent, but maybe not so powerful because, like, we see Baby Yoda literally, like, taking one guy and hitting another guy with that guy, <laughs> but right. with the Force. Well, so. well, Ahsoka, Ahsoka even says that he's, he's uh, had to, like, hide uh, his power so, and, and not use them to, to uh, you know, kind of, like, hide. So, I don't know. Maybe that's, um, uh, maybe, you know, that can explain. Uh, some of what we see but yeah i felt really bad for those poor stormtroopers they definitely <laughs> oh, don't yeah. get paid enough and uh it's just not worth it i mean you yeah, know i would have put in I my two weeks notice i'm i'm gonna go join the <laughs> yeah, new republic I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> i hate it i hate it here <laughs> but i gotta ask okay so you guys obviously know more i mean admittingly than than i do about um uh, moff gideon but i mean i gotta ask was he like an ensign and he was just on the bridge one day and he saw Darth Vader and just thought, oh man, one day I'm going to dress just like him. What was, <laughs> what was he? What is this? Like his uniform is just getting closer and closer to Darth Vader. Is he just going to full on wear and start breathing hard? I don't know. You What's know what? I think he has a prosthetic leg too because like sometimes he's limping. From place to place, and you kind of hear like a metal clank when he on one of his footsteps. So maybe he I does mean, think he's Darth Vader. You guys see the chest boxes, right? I'm yeah. not exaggerating. No, you're, 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 no, you're not wrong. Like he definitely all kinds of. I wonder if he's is if, it, if he is, it is a fanboy. Intimidating factor that he's trying to mimic, or <laughs> I don't know what is it. Maybe, maybe. Honestly, does he have like, Vader issues? He's got he he wishes uh, Darth Vader was his granddad and. Uh, I don't know. Like you're, you're, you've got right. something there, Jim. You maybe, maybe we are seeing like a Darth Vader fanboy, like in the Empire. I, I, I wonder because like right. if he was a Grand Moff, he wouldn't be flying around in this like medium sized like troop carrier almost. Like this isn't like he's not driving around in a Star Destroyer. Like he, he's driving in like a, like it's almost like Venator class size. Where it's like a hangar and like troops, but like I don't know, like he's not Darth Vader, and like maybe 
this experimenting that's going on is like his obsession of trying to become Darth Vader. Like maybe like he's proto Kylo Ren. Yeah, like maybe like harness the Force from the blood or something. Yeah, yeah, his midichlorians. Like maybe I'll may I'll turn into a yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, he's gonna try because he has the power. Right. Uh, uh, I I wonder like if that's like he saw like the Force and was like, oh, I want to do that. How do I do that? Well, right. I'm gonna experiment mm. on a bunch of kids. Yeah, I guess like I I. I never really thought of it like that, and it is interesting because he like he goes out of his way to like get a lightsaber, right? To use, right, and then now he's like obsessed right. with all these force sensitive babies, um, and and trying to use them, and it's still not really clear what the purpose is. I'm just glad somebody else is stealing babies and not just Jedi anymore. So that's <laughs> cool. It's kind of like balancing the force. So we right. have other people stealing babies. <laughs> It's it's not a Jedi specific thing. It's just a yeah. And now thing now just happens. right. Yeah. By everybody. By the, um, just a simple man trying to make his way through the galaxy. Those Jedi get a bad rap for selling babies. Finally, somebody else is doing it. <laughs> well, anyways, Jim, I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, it's or we were been we've been recording for like an hour now. So I really appreciate oh. you coming on. I just want to do a quick shout out round. For the episode, so shout out to uh, Boba Fett's armor for being unlocked and s- us being able to see it at its like not full glory, but like almost full glory. Like we even got to see the damn knee darts. Yeah, those knee darts. Right, the coolest. Right. Yeah. Hey, can I give a shout out to to Ming Na Win? I mean, uh, her character was absolutely amazing. I think I counted like fourteen just. Not no misses, just uh, just killing fools out there on the battlefield. But right, but her and she's jump so graceful. Off the rock and and, yes. and shoot backwards was so matrix esque. I was <laughs> yes. like loving it. Oh, I, I love just thought that. it was great. So she's so that graceful. Out goes to her, she did a great I just job. Like, yeah, I know what scene you're talking about. It's great. Like, and then she goes into like a back roll into like shooting somebody. Mm-hmm. All the action sequences were great. Damn. Shout out to all the echoes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Shout out to uh, Stomach Robotics. Right. Ne- like, it, it's just really... I, don't got to worry about abs if you don't have any. <laughs> I know, it's, it's such a great <laughs> deus ex machina. Um, if, if, like, I, honestly, like, I am... As much as it seems absurd and, like, weird to think about, like, does she eat anymore? Does she poop? But... Mm. Um, that all to set aside, like, it's, it's just really great to have her character back. And like, I thought she was so wasted by, by getting killed off in season one that it's amazing. Definitely. And I, I'm glad um, that like, they saw that as a waste and then they, they were like, oh, well, we'll figure, maybe they figured like, I'm sure they had that written in somewhere and they just didn't tell us, you know, right? like she felt like such an important person to bring into Star Wars. And she is like a person of color uh, like also like she's and she's fucking Mulan, uh, <laughs> right? Right. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just wonderful to have her alive and well. And I really think that her and Boba Fett are a cute couple. <laughs> I think, um, I, I'm sure <laughs> they look like Wednesday Adams and uh, what's the what's Uncle the boy's Fester. name? No, 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 no. The boy's name is uh, Pugsley. Pugsley, yeah, Pugsley and Wednesday Adams over oh here. <laughs> yeah, with her braided hair and his I, baldness. I'm curious if like um, if the reason why Boba Fett is able to like nurse Fennec back to help with like these Robo um, Tronics is if like that's also part of how Boba Fett is like. Under those robes, maybe I kind of mm. like the fact that we just have like thick daddy man to Boba Fett, you know. No, like, I'm, I'm not trying oh, to take that 100%. away, but um, but I I think it. I, I'm curious if if that is any way related. I don't know. I maybe he has a doctor on his ship. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he has a medical droid there, uh, or yeah. like he ended at like before like. I guess after climbing out of the Sarlacc pit, he would have like stocked back up at Java's right. palace because he knows his way around the place. He spent like well, a whole year there. Also, yeah, like the beauty of of having Dave and and Favro, they obviously saw and and in that universe. Uh, I mean, if you can put Darth Maul back together after being chopped in half, <laughs> I mean, you know, bringing her. 
uh, or not bringing her back to life, but mending her after, you know, such a, such a horrible, um, you know, uh, wound. Um, so <laughs> I think, it, I think it's, play, it, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's too bad to let go. So yeah. they, they had to save her <laughs> and they did a great job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, any other shout outs before uh, we call it a day? No. The only thing is, hey, did you guys see the um, the? Uh, so we all love watching the concept art at the very end, right? Yeah. Um, and when the dark troopers they took Grogu, and we we were all like, oh my god, no, this is crazy! After just seeing the Razor Crest blown up or whatever, I can't remember which one came before. But anyways, the concept art at the very very end, you see the dark troopers flying off. And there's a baby Grogu, and he's crying. And oh you my can God. clearly see he's crying. And it's just like, oh, that's not good. He's crying in so that last we gotta scene, get him too. Back. I hope so. And I think ah, the last two episodes, if they don't get him back in those two, I just hope they don't end and we still don't have baby Grogu back. I, I don't know, because, like, where's the hope in that? Right. I like trying to see the light at the end ah. of the tunnel. Like I don't want to guess too hard, but at the same time, like I'm glad that we have Boba Fett finally making some good decisions in his life. It's just further proof that like it's never too late to make the good decisions, you know? Yeah. 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 All right. Wait. All right. Before we go, last shout out. Shout out to Jim for being the coolest. The coolest person in the world. Shout out to Jim for being old. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this is the way. <laughs> I have spoken. Copy that. Locked in for 3 5. Thank you for listening to Docking Bay 3 5. If you'd like to see more of us, you can support us on Ko-Fi, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Facebook at DockingBay35. If you'd like to buy any of our merch, visit T-Man, T-E-E-M-A-N, on tpublic.com. Till next time, bye bye